1: Good morning, and welcome to your partner in success radio, where top performers share their secrets to help you achieve your personal and your professional goals. I am your host, Denise Griffiths, and together with my amazing guests, we bring you inspiring and actionable insights to take your life and your business to the next level. Ranked in the top 2% globally, this podcast really is a must listen. So, whether you are tuning in for entrepreneurial tips, career advice, or personal development strategies, Get ready to turn inspiration into action, challenges into triumphs, and dreams into reality. And on today's show, we are diving back into decoding the consumer dilemma, navigating the marketing landscape with my guests John Lenker and Kevin Delaplan, two visionaries who embody the belief that great ideas are humanity's most powerful resource. And I'm not arguing with them about that. That's absolutely true. So, in our last episode, we delved into the the dynamic world of marketing as we explored innovative strategies in brand communication and marketing. And Kevin's insights, drawn from his academic background and philosophy, added a unique perspective to our discussion on brand and strategy and marketing researching. So meanwhile, John, an expert in brand communication, shared his approach to creating meaningful audience connections, and together they unraveled the profound impact of motivations and values on cutting-edge marketing practices, and we talked a lot about ethics. So if you missed it, you definitely want to catch up on this enlightening conversation. Welcome back, John and Kevin. It's good to have you here.
0: Thanks for having us back. It's a pleasure Thank to be again. here again with you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My pleasure. The conversation we had last week was fascinating and I walked away with my brain just going, I mean, my brain was on fire. So I immediately went and I looked at your blog and we'll be talking about three articles in particular there. And we'll be talking about, again, ethical marketing. But mostly I have a question. Why is the butterfly a symbol of your company? What does that signify?
0: Well, it's all about transformation, right? Um, you're you're in one condition uh, at the present moment, and you're aiming for something higher, something that you're reaching for. And generally speaking, uh, to get to the most worthy goals, uh, it requires change. And um, I guess you could look at our company, Lenker, um, as a, sort of a change agent for our clients. You know, we we get brought in to help. Uh, you know, do a situation that needs analysis, look at the market opportunities that they're pursuing and really help them assess what it is that they need to do to become the kind of company that would have the success that they are looking to achieve. And so um, just like, you know, the the caterpillar that goes into the cocoon, um, when when a client comes into an engagement with Lenker, you know, there's a metamorphosis. And what emerges is something that can, you know, take flight. So that is why the butterfly is the symbol of linker.
1: And when you said that, I was thinking metamorphosis, just about the same moment you actually said it. So great. But that's what it is. I mean, well, you're, you're moving, you're growing, you're shedding, you're becoming.
0: You know, there's, there's so much, there's so much that we want in, in this life, you know, we want to lose 20 pounds. We want to, you know, be out of debt. Um, you know, we want to be able to speak a, a, a second language. Um, you know, we want our businesses to be successful. Um, so many things that we, we, we want to have, but, um, you know, how often are we, uh, determined to do the work necessary to, to enter into that metamorphosis and, um, you know really what we're doing and when we write articles like the ones you referenced um you know what we're really doing is is reaching out to those people out there in the world that are leading businesses um uh, that that are choosing they're they're seeking a mentor and a guide which is the word linker is what it means a pilot or a guide um to to accompany them to assist them in that metamorphosis so um you know, it's, it's a serious thing to to want change, to want to attain goals, uh, to want to um, come to your highest and most fullest potential. Um, you know, it's one thing to talk about it, but to do it, it requires a metamorphosis. And for that to happen, you know, the chemistry of that needs to be set up to work properly. And I guess we're uh, we're putting ourselves out there as, I wouldn't say experts at it, because an expert, it sounds like something you've arrived at. It's more like we're students of it. Um, we're very diligent, long-term students of these principles and ideas that lead to uh, actual change that is substantive and measurable, um, and and satisfying to you know all the stakeholders. You know, Kevin and I are committed to um, helping our clients win, uh, helping their. Audiences also win, and you know we look to win in, in the process of of going along for that ride with them.
2: You know, one one of the challenges that I that we have with some with some companies is their they they really want to improve their brand reputation. They want to improve their impact on the market, right? Uh, but they're not entirely sure what it is that they're they think that what they're doing right now is just fine, and somehow. What's lacking is messaging to communicate what they're doing in a more effective way. So they think about brand messaging, for example, as just something you do. You tell people who you are. And then, and if you're good at the messaging, then they will pick that up. And one of our lessons we've learned over time, and it's a fundamental principle to us, is that... Um, You're not going to make a different impact on the market unless you change what you're doing, not just what you're saying about yourself, but who you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's a conversation I've had when I used to teach students and with my own kids about the difference between saying, I want to become a writer. I want to become an athlete. I want to become a video game designer. And then actually doing the things that would tell the world that you want to become a writer or a video game designer, because they'll say, look, you've been talking about this for years, that you want to write a novel, you want to do this or that, but you struggle to make any progress along that. And then I look over there at, say, Charles, and Charles has been writing draft after draft after draft of his novel. He's behaving like someone who wants to be a writer. You're not behaving like someone who wants to be run. And, and, and they say, "But I do want to." And so this this gets into this kind of philosophical point that in some sense, your actions dictate your identity. That is the, the impact you have on the world, your choices, your decisions, That's the thing that, you know, ripples outward around you into the effects on other people. And that's what tells the rest of the world who you actually are. It's the track record of your actions. It's something that we wrote about in those in those blog articles that 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 we mentioned about the importance of keeping of, of paying attention to what you're doing and not just what you're saying because the, the goal here is to get alignment between what you're doing and the impact that you want to have on 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 people and when that's it, when you set that up, then the messaging is just reporting on what you're actually doing. There's nothing magical about it. Um, but that prioritization of of action first is really a kind of important principle, and it's part of the metamorphosis model for us. That the brands and the companies that we deal with, they're probably going to need to undergo some kind of transformation in how they act in the world in order to get the the um, results that they're actually looking for.
1: And how they see themselves. And speaking of the articles. And I mentioned this in the the virtual green room just a little bit ago. I started out actually backwards. The first there's three articles. When marketing is the answer, the second one is how to be a marketing hero, and then the third one, which is the one I stumbled upon and started reading first, and that's called how to be a people mover. And I re- I recognized very quickly I needed to stop and go back and go in order. Let's talk about those articles because you have a lot of important things to say in there.
0: Well, let me let me start by saying, you know, reflecting back on what Kevin just um, uh, discussed, um, you know, not just talking about change, but doing the work that leads to the change. This gets back to the first thing we discussed last episode, which is real authenticity, you know, not just throwing around these words, but you know, how do you, how do you become something real? Well, first of all, you know, again, going back to the beginning of this episode, you know, you're, you're coming from a certain starting point. That's a real thing. You are where you are, whether you want to admit it or not. And you're trying to get to a certain place, you know, growth goals, you know, gaining market share, um, you know, uh, creating, you know, more, you know, uh, profitability um, and, and the first thing is, well, you know, is it realistic? Do you have the talent for that? You know, are you setting goals that are reasonable goals to set based on market conditions, based on what you're bringing to the table? So that's one of the things we help our clients assess is, you know, what is realistic? What do you have the capital to actually do anyway at this, at this stage of the game? Um, and then, but once you've set that, now you say, okay, I know where I am. I know where I'm going. Both of those things, I want them to be real. And now the question is, what is the game plan to get there? And that's just another way of saying strategy. You know, what's the strategy to get there? And so once you have that strategy, you have that game plan, it makes sense. You know, all the all the math works out, and you know, the audience it resonates with your audiences and it resonates with your team. Um, you know, the the process then is is looking at what is it that we're projecting about ourselves. What is it that we're, our brand message uh, is is actually stating, and 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 so the next thing once you figure out the game plan is to align your brand messaging with the actual strategy. We call that brand strategy alignment, right? So that you're pursuing something that's worthwhile, and you're you're pursuing it in a worthy manner, and you are. Telling the story about it that is in alignment with what your actual intentions are, what your actual abilities are, and what is most reasonably, what what most reasonably can be expected in terms of an outcome, right? So it's not, you know, far-fetched, it's not pine in the sky, it's actually realistic. Now, that doesn't mean there isn't risk, and that doesn't mean that you couldn't fail. Um, You know, I've I've got a lot of things going on in my life right now, and, and a couple of those things I might fail at. It's possible. I could fail. Um, but is it reasonable? Is it, is it reasonable to think that it, that it might not. And, and that's where, you know, you get, you get your counselors, you know, you're the people that know you um, to give you a measure of, of qualifying what you, what it is you want to do. So, you know, let's just kind of summarize sort of what we've talked about so far is, you know, in, in the last episode, you know, what, you know, do be have, what can you do to become the thing that if you became, it would make you a market leader, right? And, and that you would have the success that you're seeking. You would have the respect of the marketplace to become the brand your audience has come to know, trust and love, right? You you You've got that figured out. And now you are, you are thinking through the steps and the practical things that you must follow to get there. And you're, you're looking at your own resources and, and your internal knowledge, the, the people on your team, um, feedback you can get from the market and your closest clients who, who are also rooting for you. And, and then maybe a company like Linker that comes in to kind of assist you and coach you through that and, and serve as your guide to kind of t- you know, go with you on that journey. Um, now you're talking about a real value proposition. Now you're talking about something that's rooted in reality that's that's genuinely worth pursuing it's a noble cause um you're you you've got a, a competent set of people thinking through a smart plan and you're telling the world about it in a way that's reasonable and honest and and isn't claiming to be somewhere where you're not but at least telling them that hey this is what we're striving for every day now you've got something that is the basis of of uh what would be i I would think a worthwhile endeavor and i think if there's any kind of message that that this episode could be uh centered around is the idea you know asking your audience members this question are you engaged in and pursuing a worthwhile endeavor is what you're doing making sense is is what you're pursuing the right thing to be pursuing is, is now the right time to be pursuing it? Are you catching the the wave of the market opportunity at the right time for you? And are you the one to be doing it? Are there reasons that are credible reasons that any audience that would listen to your pitch could, could say, you know what, it, it totally makes sense that this set of people would be the ones doing this. and And I can buy into that and I can believe in that. So, so to sort of answer that question is: Am I engaged in a worthwhile endeavor? Is what I'm doing meaningful, pur- purposeful, and 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 have a reasonable likelihood of achieving an outcome that is going to help all the stakeholders win?
1: Understood, Kevin. You and I had talked a little bit about business initiatives with value missions. What do you mean by that?
2: Uh, well, I mean there's a sense in which any most businesses are, you know have a mission to provide certain kind of value to, to the market. I mean, that's, um, so there's a, a sense in which that's a pretty generic statement. Um, And then there are those who have, for whom I think they're, um, uh, if you'd ask them about the why, why their business exists, the purpose behind it. And if their answer is, uh, well, I think there's a need for a certain kind of value. there's a deficit in the world that I think is important to to fill. and I think I can offer something to make to help fill that deficit, make the world a better place in, the, in, the, in this regard. So the answer to, to their why question evokes a value outcome. And um, and it's companies like that that I think more often you describe them as mission oriented or value driven. Um, which is not to say that, uh, making toothpaste can't be, um, driven by these other things, but it's just less likely to get the, it could be that the ethical, uh, um, you know, aspirations of a founder or a company don't have much to do with the actual product and service that they're offering. And so they're there, but they're not driving the business. Whereas a value-based business, a, a mission-driven business is one where part of the value that is being offered to the market that, that is unique is that there's a part of the audience that is seeking um, to fulfill a need of this type, seeking that they feel they're compelled. It could be a social issue. It could be uh, um, improving uh, outcome impacts, for example, in healthcare. For, for large underserved populations. It could be you know all kinds of reasons why that but that's the case. What's nice about what's fun for us is that those kind of businesses that are mission oriented in this sense, I think we have a kind of a strong feeling of alignment with them. We see the world in that way and and, and we understand what the challenges are of turning a mission orient based business like that into something that is still a functional, successful productive business.
1: Do you have examples of a brand or individuals that you've worked with who are successfully aligning their values for long-term partnerships?
0: Absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, in in just the the the, the current season that we're in, just the work that we've been doing, let's say over the last 6 months to a year, um, you know, we've got clients that are foundations that are helping, um, uh, kids struggling with autism, um, kids, uh, struggling with other types of, um, of disabilities, uh, families dealing with the difficulties that come with that and coping. Um, and so, you know, a really, you know, one of the largest, um, organizations serving that community, uh, you know, by size in the country, uh, chose us to help them, think through their vision and and their market opportunity and how to align their brand with their strategy. Um, you know, um, another uh, foundation, uh, as it happens, it's say uh, a foundation that's fully supported uh, by a corporation. Um, but it's it's around hearing and the foundation is bringing you know, the top of the line, the most world-class hearing aid technology to underserved people that can't afford that technology. Um, And, you know, and then then thinking about um, another company uh, that is focused on, and it's a huge, you know, a billion dollar fund that is focused on identifying worthwhile Uh, medical device startup companies that just need some help getting oriented properly to, to get through the rigorous process of, of commercialization. Um, And, and they're trying to help bring, you know, life-saving devices in some cases to the world. And all three of those, those um, organizations chose us largely because of the, Sincere and rigorous nature of this transformation process that we lead through, and um, you know, there's been a lot of emotion around this. There, you know, it's it's not uncommon for for us to, to either end up shedding tears or seeing our clients have so much emotion about what is happening in this transformation that they. That they they kind of break down and open up and make themselves vulnerable and 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 cry a little bit because it gets to such it gets to the heart of what it is that's driving them in this in the sense of mission. It's one thing to write a mission statement. It's another thing to be driven by a sense of responsibility to a community, right? And that is what a market is, right? It's a community of people that that are in need of something. Um and I, I think um you know the reason that we've been able to help them is a we've got a really good framework. You know we, we have tools and processes and perspectives, and and you know background knowledge and all sorts of disciplines from, you know economics to human factors, right? That that kind of are brought to bear on all of this. Um, but you know at, at at the core, I think, um, you know when when we think about why individuals pursue different market opportunities. Uh, you know, one reason people want to pursue something is, wow, I see a bunch of people making money in that market. I want to make some money there too. Right. It's a pretty thin motivation for, for getting into something. I want to make money that way. Hey, that's, that's a way to make money. Let's make some money that way. Um, versus sort of this more mission driven, you know, you you think of somebody who says, you know what? I love food. I like kind of cool atmospheres, I think I should start a restaurant because I really like food and I like to hang out in cool places. I'm going to make a cool place to hang out in because I like a lot of food, you know. Come to find out that the people who succeed in the restaurant industry are, are more along the lines of people who struggle with obsessive compulsive personality disorder because there's nothing about actually running a restaurant and being in that business that feels good while you're doing it. It, it, there's nothing about the enjoyment side of it. So if your motivation is, well, I want to experience all these cool things, you know, I have an affinity for what I believe that that industry has as output I want to go and start a business, you're you're likely to fail, you haven't counted the cost, you have no idea what you're getting into. But the person who's obsessively compulsively fixated on details and needing to do things and having the process just right, and nobody better change it, because it's got to be the same every time. And, you know, look at there's dirt in that corner, who forgot to scrub that corner. And, you know, they're moving around, and they're constantly analyzing, you know, a person like that, when we see a person like that, we say, look, you know, this is okay, we can, we can work with this. There's enough of the right ingredients in you as a caterpillar that we could see how this could turn into a butterfly. However, if you come to us with a bunch of, you know, kind of um, selfish motivations and, and something that hasn't really been weighed or considered, and you, you want to endeavor in something that's highly competitive and, and highly difficult and requires a lot of energy and output. um, and, And we see that you haven't really prepared yourself. You haven't become the kind of person that, that, you know, by doing the right things to get to that goal, you know, we'll we'll tell you that too. Don't pursue this. You're not the right person for this for this opportunity. You're not the right business. So, um, you know, those are some examples of, you know, we we really don't waste time with companies like that. We have no interest in perpetuating garbage into the world, at all. And and we we've all kind of, you know, taken to in a sense, um, you know, made a commitment to at all costs, as much as it's within our power to pursue things that are worthwhile and to help um, attract clients that think this way, and then assist them along their way in this transformation process. So it's it's a long answer. I, I sort of in these last two episodes, have been giving really long answers. Um, but hopefully, give, hopefully, it gives a sense for the the frame of mind you need to be in to pursue something that is going to succeed in business.
1: And, you know, John, when you mentioned the restaurant people, I've got this image of Gordon Ramsey floating through my head right now. It's like, I'm just, I don't know what's wrong with that man. He, I guess he does great work, but I, I couldn't be around him. He would drive me nuts in short order. I can tell you, but. Well,
0: let me actually, let me just really quick add, add, did I mention three? I'll add a fourth one. Um, or maybe I mentioned four. This is a fifth, I can't remember, but we actually have a client that creates aprons in the, uh, you know, food services industry. Right. And it's um, the entire purpose for starting this, this company is because they felt like there are so many traumatized workers in the restaurant industry who've suffered emotional abuse, Uh who've suffered ill health, that they wanted to create a revenue stream largely for the purpose of creating a fund to give grants to people who've lost their jobs, people who need to seek counseling, people who, and as it turns out, the the woman who started this this company, and in this case, I'm going to reveal the name of the client. It's called Craftmade Aprons. Um, she uh, is a cancer survivor and and so there's that whole aspect of you know um the, the sense of mission but then also having to struggle with a lot of hardship and personal challenges but then also being committed to seeing it through for the sake of these people who who you see the work is really helping and so what that's created is a culture in the restaurant industry of people who wear these aprons if you wear a craft made apron it almost kind of symbolizes a solidarity around real values. And um, again, you know, companies like this pick us because they see that this is really who we are. This isn't some line to make us sound like we're, you know, kind of uh, super spiritualizing business in some way. It's no. It's it's we we see that this is really what the fiber of a successful business over the long term it it needs to consist of these kinds of fibers and and we are determined to to kind of wipe the world clean of unworthy competitors people who are just exploiting others and want to kind of you know vanquish and 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 you know uh you know just just you know you think of you know clear cutting a a rainforest in order to make a few extra dollars for your your company or or you know hiring um near slave labor to to manufacture something you know so that you can make a, a bigger margin um you know we we really are seeking uh, clients that want to make the world better and um you know there's there's a lot more that goes to it we could go in so many different directions um but I, I think part of what you you wanted to to talk about is um you know just sort of this uh there's a there's another foundation that um it's called the Sane Foundation. They work with um, at-risk youth in the Twin Cities. Um, and we've been working with them for about 10 years, helping them with their marketing and, and communications needs. It's a pro bono client of ours. And it's through working with Tony Sane, who is a World Cup uh, soccer player in his past. Um, and and so soccer and sports is kind of the theme around this particular foundation. It's It's through our interactions with Tony and watching him, you know, being out there with the kids that we realize there's this kind of continuum. Um, you know, kids want, you know, especially kids who are who who don't have access to a lot of resources, they see in the media and the culture, all these cool things that people have, and they want to have those things, uh, but but they don't really have a framework for getting there. And through sort of the, you know, the idea of sports and education and how do you do the work to become the person that has those things? Um, we realize that's such a beautiful little simple model. Do be have. Um, that we you know we've been talking a lot about that lately with our clients because it's very very much the same for businesses um, but to to get to that actual change you got to do the work to become the kind of person the kind of company the kind of organization the kind of tribe that that has the means that has the respect that has the success that has the brand recognition um, to achieve the goals um so anyway that's a lot of free flow of consciousness hopefully people can benefit from that somehow
1: they do believe me they do i get terrific comments people say i'm so glad that they you know spelled so much of this out and didn't just you know ask a question answer ask a question answer move on you know you're sharing an awful lot of very important information with with our audience and you guys have a book coming i believe about do we have
0: We do. That's that's we've got two book projects right now to be have is is second in line. (laughs) Um, And it's going to be kind of a bridge between that youth development idea and business. Um, The one that we're working on right now, which we're hoping to have completed this quarter is called the follow formula, taking command of the customer journey. And, um, sort of the first, uh, two chapters of the book are kind of laying out some of these principles, you know, laying a foundation for, um, you know, the, the formula and the framework that lead to this sort of successful perspective. And then the last five chapters, uh, I'll talk about something that you need to become in order to function in that success. So that's, those are the books that we're working on.
1: Well, when they're ready, call me and I'll get you back on. And Kevin, I've got a question for you. Maybe it's more of an aside because, you know, you talk about the psychology of the work that you do and I'm listening and you're talking, you know, both of you are talking about things that I find absolutely fascinating, but it popped into my head to ask you, if you ever ask your clients, have you done a strengths test? Do you know who you are, where you're going?
2: We, um, in our, um, Engagements with clients, we we haven't used a tool that you would call like a uh, there's a kind of branded tool called a strengths, a strengths analysis or right right a there's several analysis, of them I which think. is often often used for personality and employer uh, employee uh, screening and so forth, um, but we do the equivalent of that for the business, which is about um, really unpacking unpacking their um, their motivations, their uh, their value proposition, what's their purpose, what's their mission, how they uh, propose to provide unique value to people, what what matters to them, what's deeply motivating to them? And then they usually end up having a listing of their internal strengths, right? And then so we list those and maybe internal, weaknesses. And very, very often their judgment is good there, that what they think is a strength of their business actually is one. But sometimes there's a mismatch between what a client thinks is the strength of their business and what the market thinks is is the strength of, the, of their business. And so one, like a strategy principle that we defend is like, yeah, start off, your hypothesis is this, we're good at X. Particularly- Good at this. And this is different. And so we're going to offer that to to the market. But pay attention to the way the market is responding. Pay attention to what's generating the most interest and and engagement. Because it could be that something that you weren't really expecting is actually stimulating conversation, is actually creating engagement in the market. And again, and it's like, oh, We have a tendency here, it goes in this area. The market seems to like this. Well, then it seems like a good strategy to experiment with leaning into that difference, leaning into the thing that the market feels like it's responding to. Now, on the one hand, you don't want to drift away from your core proposition, the things that matter. But but at the same time, we are not the best, we're not always the best experts about. what we present to the world that actually makes the most impact to others because we're sort of trapped inside our heads in, in some respects, right? So it, sometimes it's hard to identify with the various kinds of audiences in the market who might be in a different position, have a different set of needs, and they see something that, that you've done and it really resonates with them and you go, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm a little surprised, but that's great. I'm glad that you like it. Uh, and so being open to... um, um discovering what your strengths are from the point of view of the market is is really important because in the end the business is going to thrive based on the strengths as perceived by the market not not necessarily as perceived by you
1: I agree with you and i wanted to ask you to we have talked you and and john and i have talked about the need for adapt adaptability in maintaining connections over the years and this And the reason I'm asking is because we see an awful lot of inappropriate or fake personas rolling out. And I don't know about you. My spidey sense is pretty good. I pay attention. And if something in the back of my head says, "Mm, no, don't trust these people. I don't trust them. I just don't. But I think what people forget, in fact, I know they must forget it because you see it so often, is that the Internet is forever. You can be tracked If you're saying one thing now, we're saying it right now in politics, and that should be happening. You just said this two weeks ago, you've changed already. If you're not true to yourself from the very beginning, you're going to run into trouble eventually, I think. That's been my my experience.
0: Yeah, I've seen some interesting compilations um, lately in the political arena where a person will be juxtaposed saying, I never said this, and then... The next clip just, as they said it, and then just go yeah. through a whole series of those, and you know, I, I think that kind of ties back to you know a couple things that that Kevin just talked about, um, or at least in terms of how you you get there, um, you know, we we all we've all heard it. It's sort of a popular thing these days to say, you know, you kind of become the average of the five people you spend the most time with, right? Economically. Um, if you're hanging around a bunch of broke people, you're probably going to be, you know, the average of, of that brokenness. Um, if you're hanging around a bunch of selfish people, you're probably going to be the average of that kind of selfishness. And if you're hanging around a bunch of people endeavoring to really make a genuine contribution in the world in some way, you're going to be most likely to average out in that. So intentionality is is a super important thing. Um, so if, if we were going to like, give advice to the audience now, um, you know, one of the things I'd say is, you know, if, if you're not in a circle, if the, if the people that are closest to you are not engaged in something that is meaningful and worthy, and is aspiring to make a real contribution, right? Expecting some kind of return on investment, fine, but making the contribution that leads not only to a financial positive outcome, but sort of a, a, um, uh, a positive outcome in terms of virtue and, and the contribution you're, you're making to make the world better. Right. Um, so that, that'd be one piece of advice is, you know, jettison anyone in your life that is not aiming for, for similar worthy goals. Right. And, um, and that goes to your vendors as well. If you're working with partners in your business that, you know, you, you spend some time with them, you, you know, go out to lunch with them and, and you you sit across the table and look in their eyes and hear what they have to say. And it's all a bunch of empty, small talk. If it's all a bunch of salesy stuff, and and it's all very self-interested, um, jettison those, those people find, find people that want to serve the vision that you're pursuing and that want to elevate you and lift you up and, and support it. Um, that would be number one. Um, you know, number two is to attract, try to attract people into your organizations that that are similarly aligned, and realize that the degree to which you allow people into your ecosystem that are working against those principles and values and creating toxicity, um, it's it's the degree to which you are going to find inefficiency and stumbling blocks along the way. So, you know, externally surround yourself with, with worthy uh, compatriots and and internally as well. And then just to not be afraid, and we talk about transformation metamorphosis, don't be afraid to let go to that kind of less than worthy, mediocre thing that maybe you've had as your life and your pattern up to this moment in order to take the chance to have something better. You know, find a a risk that that is that is acceptable because the the um, the alignment of all the elements going into it are are reasonable and realistic. And and the destination is something that makes your life worth living. So those are those are three practical things right away um, that I would that I would say would, would help anyone wanting to kind of move into this kind of way of thinking and into this mindset and to put it into motion in a way that will actually do some production in your life and in your business. External relationships, make sure they're aligned. Internal relationships, make sure they're aligned and, um, you know, being, moving towards, you know, super, super worthy goals and and not afraid to let go of the things that don't align with that anymore. I don't know if Kevin wants to add to that.
2: I've got, um, my my list of strategy recommendations and sort of uh, company you know go tos is, is it's a long one. I'll just add something in terms of because I tend to lean towards the practical aspects, you know, which is shocking right now when you're talking to John and I because I'm the my, my head's in the clouds a lot. Uh, uh, but um, one of the things that I think is is quite important is is for people who are v- value driven. We've had some examples of that in our client base who are so invested, frankly, in the value proposition in their heads, like the the moral mission they're on, the social change mission that they're on, that that becomes to dominate their thinking about the business in a way that undercuts the effort that goes into the production, the design of their product or service or platform which is the actual physical vehicle that they're using to deliver value to the market, their intentions are not creating any impact at all. It's the thing they're putting out, their thing they're making, which is a designed artifact, a service or whatever. That's the thing that is the vehicle by which you, they, they want to create this impact. And they forget that that is a, there's an art and a science and an effort. It takes time to do that um and there's magic there's a kind of magic involved when you produce an artifact that is so well designed and the way that it, it that your audience engages with that creates this, this experience of value that the artifact manifests your value proposition that is that becomes the avatar of who you are it is primarily the thing you're putting out in the world your actions, your product, your service, that's the thing that stands for you through their experience. And if you don't pay attention to that properly, then you're going to see this disconnect between what I aspire to, uh, the impact I want to have and what the impact I'm actually having. Because you've forgotten what business you're actually in. And in fact, you can have people who have, you know, are not so lofty they don't they're not thinking about making the world a better place all, all all day long but they have a much they have a really positive impact on the world because the effort that they do put into creating something that serves a need and creates value is so is so good so high that um that it speaks for itself right it creates this impact and one of the things that we do as not just as consultants on the front end but as we support the production, the, the design of products and services and platforms at the back end as well. Our marketing services offering is designed to help the production of those things manifest the value that the founders originally envisioned to have. And it's nice to have someone with that perspective looking at the whole pipeline from a, like a, someone who can sort of see because it's so complex and so time and there's so many kind of areas of expertise, it's hard to, to get the perspective about what you're doing. And we offer that as well. And I think it's, it's a real service that, that we do that we we're looking at the way that that translation happens. Cause that's where the butterfly effect happens. That's where the, the butterfly emerges, not in your intentions, but in the actions, the actual concrete things you birth into the world the people can interact with it and, and, and engage with, and that's the thing that creates lasting impact.
1: It does, and that brings me to another thought. Can you share an example of a brand or an individual that you've worked with that initially appeared authentic, but later you found out differently?
0: Well, I mean, that's we're not going to name we're not so going to name names. No, um, I, I will. I will tell you the story about how um, I met one of my best friends um, and I I can't tell you anything about it or it'd be too easy for people to figure out. Um, And, and I I don't want to open myself up to that. Um, But we were in a business situation where um, this person was part of an organization and a family that was doing super greedy, selfish, destructive things out in the marketplace. And and they had a lot of market share, um, but they were just really doing things in a very unworthy manner. And, and this person was like a part of that family. And I, I didn't really know this person that well. And I was having a meal with that person one time uh, early on in the relationship. And they just, for some weird reason, opened up to me and um, shared how... Um, disappointed that they were with the behavior of some of their family members and, and older older family members in this family, and how how worried this person was that they would become that kind of person in the future by spending too much time with them. Um, and then also revealing that because um, this this was a client of ours at the time, um, that this family would probably end up, um, you know, putting a knife in our back in the end, um, you know, get everything they could from us and then and probably not pay us and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And, and I was just utterly shocked that that this person would be so vulnerable and speak so plainly about this reality and basically warning me to be careful to not get too close because they could end up hurting us in the long run, and um, and and the interesting thing that happened over time, um, you know, we we completed a successful engagement. We did end up getting paid, but we we kind of withdrew from working with that family, and then this individual also really went off and pursued uh, uh, an individual career path that led away from those those influences and in those families. And so it really does kind of model what I said about earlier, you know, jettisoning the people that, that don't have those values um, and then finding and seeking people that that do have those values. And, um, you know, I'm really proud of, of some of those kinds of decisions. And, um, and it, it taught me to avoid certain characteristics in people's way of thinking about business that, that would not lead to an alignment for a long-term successful partnership. Um, so that's about as much as I can say about a negative situation like that. Um, but but one of the things I really want to emphasize, because I think Kevin is onto to a really important point about the practical side, is that, you know, none of what we're saying here about values is is some kind of Pollyannish, you know, do-gooder, goody-goody mentality, go out and, and basically get run over because you're so naive. It's saying if you're going to go out and compete and and you're going to be tough and you're going to be strong, you have to you have to understand everything that it's going to take to get there. Um, So we talked about this in the last episode. I'm going to remind uh, or at least well, we talked about, one of the books. Um, I'm going to recommend a book for people that will help. If you want to get your act together as a business, read Traction. Uh, The book is called Traction uh, by Gino Wickman. And and it's it's not a long book, but it's it's filled with super practical, potent advice about basically getting your act together in a practical way so that you actually steer the ship into something that's going to work. So it's about how to run your business successfully. Um, Super great book. And, you know, the advice that we give and the things that we're talking about, you know, play really well into that practical mentality um, but it's, it, you know, we're, we're particularly good at branding and kind of getting into the ethos of what is going to, um, resonate with a given audience, not just like we said, not just in terms of how you talk about yourself, but what it is you decide to cook up for that audience that that's likely to be palatable to them, right? Cook a meal. That's gonna, that's gonna taste good to your audience. We're we're good at helping think that through, you know, we're we're often helping uh, make changes to the product, to the service, to the platforms of the clients, and, and we have clients that are services based, uh, uh, SaaS platform based, uh, pl- uh, product based. Um, so it 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 all has its roots. And being practical, it's 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 not about just being you know, kind of this sort of you know kumbaya virtue, um, but it's it's about pursuing things that are going to work. You know, it's very pragmatic things that are going to resonate, things that are going to build a good reputation, things that are going to deliver on the value proposition that you're putting in order. It's about getting your house in order, right? So it's not just, you know, about being kind of a goody-goody out in the business world. It's about, you know, think of more like a successful football team with with a really determined coach and and a set of really elite players that are working hard every day to shape themselves into that team that has the wins, that's that's more of the virtue that we're talking about.
1: We were talking, we've talked about so many different things, but you shared a bit of a list, you know, the things that you should be really paying attention to. And I'm adding to that list, unasked, but I'm adding to it. I ask this myself every day. What are you tolerating? You know, you're talking about who are you hanging with? You know, you're the 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 five people that you hang with. What are you tolerating if it's a family member who is just toxic as they can be? And I have, you know, cut cords with family members before. If it's somebody that's just negative or dishonest, why are you tolerating being around them? So it's, I think it's really something you should be aware of. Your own, we really become our own bottlenecks if we keep tolerating crap. And that's a rude way to put it, but that's how I think it.
2: In, in, in business you've got in personal life you you have that problem because the the interpersonal dynamics are so kind of complex and people deal with their own issues about self-worth and and if they're don't know necessarily if they're entitled to say no to this situation you know or they don't have the, the resources to uh, imagine that businesses have can, can have similar problems too about their internal culture this toxic and the workers feel that that it's harder there because they feel so the 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 power dynamic is such that it's hard necessarily to to resist without risking your job, right? But you also in interpersonal things, if you, you push back too hard, then you risk breaking, as you said, family ties that are provide a lot of value for you. So there's costs involved in all that, um, and um, but in the long run, yeah, you're going to be better off when you make the important choices and stick, and you really think hard about what you're willing to tolerate and, and what you aren't sure.
0: And and I would add to that um, the the relationship that is most important when when weighing what you'll tolerate is your relationship with yourself. Yes. And yeah. and knowing what is it that I'm tolerating my own life my own behavior my own failure to follow through um and 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 once you've made those decisions and you have those defining moments where you've said i've decided i'm going to do this and i'm not going to turn back that actually becomes one of the moments that say you know just take a simple example that you want to quit smoking for example and and you just your your doctors told you and you feel like you're horrible and it's just doing all these negative things and you've just decided that also might be a moment where you've decided that you're not going to be hanging around some of the same people because you know that if you hang around them, you're going to still be smoking. And, and they're not, they're not going to go with me on this journey. So I need to find people who will go with me on this journey, but this is where I'm going. And if I have to go alone, I'm going to go alone. But you know what? We're never going to go alone. You're always going to find, you know, that that's a, a narrower path, but there are always people trying to find that narrow path as well. And, and those people can become some of your lifelong best friends because, because there's a lot of camaraderie that can build when, um, when you're joining each other along a mutually worthy endeavor and whether it's, you know, it's within like a partnership or whether it's just, you know, in parallel and you're just kind of encouraging each other, um, You know, you will find a replacement and you will find that um, you do owe it to yourself. You know, you you may not say, you know, I don't deserve happiness or I don't, you know, deserve this or that. Well, you know, you, you can think that way. But another way to think about it is I've got this one life to live. I owe it to myself to find the best path that I can possibly follow and get myself on it. And, you know, if if we talk like coaches, (laughs) you know, it's kind of that's kind of what we, you know, there's a component of coaching that goes into what we do with our clients. And, you know, if you if you hire us, if you work with us, if you bring us into your orbit, um, this is this is kind of how it is. This is how we're going to interact with you. And um, we're not going to be, you know, just doing whatever we think we need to do or say to you to make you happy. You know, we're going to do what we think you need to hear to to make progress on on the stated path. I mean, that's our job. And we'd rather be fired for telling you the truth than to be retained and, you know, prop you up in your lies. So... And the now life, doesn't everybody just want to, everybody just want to give us a call and
1: yeah. hire us. And we're
0: going to come in and kick your butt. Well,
1: <laughs> we're yeah. just... I tell that to people when I'm consulting with, you know, podcasts, you know, people who want to learn about podcasting, who need a web development, you know, thing, product, project. I can get kind of brutal and, but they appreciate it because many times they'll come to me and say, okay, I want this and I'm going to do this. And it's like, really and off we go and once we break it down what they thought they had they absolutely had to have wasn't even on the list it wasn't in the top 10 so you know sometimes you have to just break down those their thought processes to get to where they really want to be and yeah there's a sense of relief after that gentlemen I want to ask each of you what advice or tips or just last thoughts would you like to leave with the audience
0: my advice is um Define a future that is worth having and that is realistic to attain and find, surround yourself with the people that are going to engage with you in a productive way in service of you, of getting to that destination. And, and when you do, when you align yourself in that way, you will find that every day um, the, the journey itself becomes mm-hmm. the reward. The reward isn't the, the thing you attain at the end, money or status or, or fame, whatever. The reward is observing yourself existing in this, in this worthy manner.
2: Let me tell part of my, my story here. I was an academic for 20 years, and I would um, listen to people year after year complain about their job and complain about the students and complain about their work and that they were stuck in this thing, and even though it's a privileged job to have, but they had other aspirations. And, um, one day I decided that I was going to take action. I, I put in my resignation letter after all that time and said, in two years time from now, I'm going to be gone. And I was a tenured professor, um, at a research one institution but i'm going to be gone because i want to do something with my life that um i think is going to be interesting it's going to be novel it's going to create value it's going to exercise strengths that i think i have that this job won't allow me to to exercise and uh and that was a set of myself on a sort of path of sort of educational online training and auto entrepreneurship that ultimately led me to linker. And I thought it was going to get a lot of people in my department angry with me or confused or whatnot, or feel like I had betrayed the profession somehow. Cause you don't talk it. The the, the the secret rule is that you don't talk about wanting to do other things in that job. Um, you certainly wouldn't hire anyone in that job who keeps Talking about what they would else that they would rather be doing. But secretly, people have these views. And I was what, what happened is that people came up to me privately and said, I'm so envious that you made this choice. Um, and they tell me the stories about the choices they wish they had made, but they didn't feel had they had the courage to do it. Now, I'm not saying that I'm deeply egregious, but the difference between people who take action. Um, to make an actual concrete step towards a goal that they have versus those who just think about it and talk about it, is is a hard line. The difference is, is um. You tre- you step into a new world when when you do that, and I would encourage people who have thinking about and talking about it, making change in in their lives for so long. Um, I feel resigned that it'll never happen to not give up that um, goal and to look for concrete, even small concrete steps. Because the difference between you and the people who just making a step, making a concrete step, and those who simply talk about it is like 90% of people talk about change and never act on it. So go ahead and try it. It's it's not as scary as you you, you think it is.
1: Take action stop talking, start moving. I I understand. Gentlemen, it has been a distinct pleasure chatting with you again, and I'm so appreciative that you came back for a second episode. And I really do want you to come back, you know, when your books are out, because as you know, I read everything. And when your books land here, they become part of my entrepreneurial library. So don't forget me. So before I let you go, would you mind sharing your online presence and your preferred means of contact?
0: You want to learn more about Linker, Go to Lenker.com slash Denise Griffiths.
1: Perfect. I like hearing my own name. Woo. Okay. And how about you, Kevin? It's, it's,
2: it's
0: the same for both of us.
2: Okay. <laughs> it's the same. You can, you can learn all about us if, if you go to that, to, that, to that website.
1: Okay, great. Well, listen, everybody, thank you so much. We will be back in just a few days. And as we conclude today's episode, your feedback means a lot to me. If you found the show helpful, please support us with a quick review on iTunes. And this is why your input is vital in my mission to inspire and empower more individuals. So don't forget to hit subscribe, leave a review, and share your partner in Success Radio with friends and colleagues. And be sure to go find these gentlemen, John Linker and Kevin DePlant, on the web and connect with them. And thank you for tuning in.
0: Get Your Voice Heard. If you would like to launch your own far reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at YourOfficeOnTheWeb.com and go to the podcast tab. Get Your Voice Heard. If you would like to launch your own far reaching podcast, contact Denise Griffiths at YourOfficeOnTheWeb.com and go to the podcast tab.